Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to another episode in the Vistage podcast series. I'm Dave Nelson, a Vistage member since 2003, part of CEO Group 676 in Pittsburgh, and today your podcast host. It's my great pleasure to highlight extraordinary leaders with this series. Every episode, we get a number of valuable ideas to apply in our own businesses. Today, I'm joined by Seth Stein. He is president of Workforce Recruitment, which is one of the divisions part of Eastridge Workforce Solutions. Headquartered in uh, sunny San Diego, um, I am just a little bit jealous being in relatively cold Pittsburgh, uh, Seth, so welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Dave. So uh, just a quick introduction so people know who you are. Uh, Seth joined uh, the larger company, Eastridge Workforce Solutions, in 1998 as an entry-level sales associate, and along the way has served as a branch manager, sales manager, managing director for multiple regions, and as uh, president currently of the Workforce Recruitment Division. Seth oversees operations, business development, and management of workforce recruitment. The specialty workforce recruitment divisions serve 1,300 clients and place over 15,000 candidates annually. So we're going to learn a bit about that. Seth also serves on the board of directors for the San Diego Regional EDC and Junior Achievement of San Diego County. He's a member of Vistage. We're going to talk about that a little bit, a couple of years, and uh, Young Presidents Organization. He holds an MS in Executive Leadership from the University of San Diego and a BA in Communications from George Washington University. So uh, with that set up, Seth, why don't we start with, uh, just give us an example of something that you do for your clients. Yeah, well, at a very, very high level, they look to us to help um, augment or um, add to their workforce, which, uh, as you know, is very, very challenging right now with uh, you know, unemployment, um, you know, as low as it is today. And so we try and take a very consultative approach, and I know that's very cliche, but really to, to dive down on the, the data, the analytics of the market, um, give them our perspective and what they need to do to bring on top talent. And um, ideally, we help them compete uh, in their space with the talent we bring to their organization. So since you're referring to this sort of war for talent, and it's it's getting yeah. tougher out there to find uh, great people, the A players, what would be your general advice to Vistage members about uh, how to best position themselves to attract the best talent in this day and age? Yeah. You know, it, it, it dives down to people, process, and technology. And a lot of companies uh, that need our help do not have a well-defined recruitment program. In fact, we just launched a talent acquisition assessment where we uh, queried several hundred of our clients and asked them to look at people, process, and technology. And I was shocked that only 7% of those that responded say they provide um, regular status updates 
on hiring practices to senior leadership of their companies. So this is a huge issue that's going to help companies, I think, be competitive today. And most of the time, uh, CEOs, presidents, VPs are not briefed on what's going on as it relates to winning the competition for talent. Interesting. Now, I yeah. spend a lot of my time in um, social media, and so one of the sites that um, I usually talk about in what I call this world of mouth is um, Glassdoor.com, which is, of course, where employees or sometimes former employees go to review uh, Vistage members and others. And, uh, you know, I have a couple of millennials uh, at home here. Uh, <laughs> I, I should say at home, in the city, uh, happily, the college graduate has his own place. Fair yeah. enough. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, so in the city. Uh, and, um, you know, my, my older son actually did check out Glassdoor recently when when changing jobs. And it did give him some pause until there was a, you know, pretty good delta in uh, salary on the table. What are your thoughts about um the you know review sites like Glassdoor and maybe more importantly uh, you know corporate culture you know something that I think we've always paid lip service to it but it's now out there on Glassdoor and, and such. Yeah, great, great question, and I think um, brand management, not in terms of obtaining business, but in terms of obtaining the best talent and keeping people, um, is huge today. So you absolutely have to build an employment brand. You have to manage it. And listen, there are going to be disgruntled employees. They are going to go to sites like Glassdoor. And so I think um, having an effective practice of managing it on a regular basis. And for me, one of the things that I do on a weekly basis is I look at Glassdoor for two reasons. One is it really helps me know what's going on in my company. I feel like I have my finger on the pulse. Um, oftentimes I'm surprised with some of the things that I hear. So I always get with my executive team to talk about what can we do and is any issues that are surfaced there something that we need to tackle. And second is I respond directly myself to both negative and positive reviews to, again, affirm some of the great things that are going on and maybe to give a different perspective on somebody who feels like um, this might not have been the best place to work, but it definitely takes up a good percentage of my time, and, and that's usually what I do uh, on weekends, quite frankly. Wow. So back to process. I think you've just described a great process for any uh, business owner, leader, executive, uh, given the, the war for talent. To that point, um, yeah, listen, um, we put our hearts and our souls into the company. And I think most of us, especially the Vistage members, really want it to be a great place to work um, for ourselves and also for our staff. And so it's just so important to kind of foster that culture, as you mentioned, and so it should take up um, some time and attention. Absolutely. It's a great way to, uh, to learn about what your employees really think. And by the way, also a great way to learn about uh, your clients, and uh, I'm sure you use that to help uh, guide them and uh, your competitors. So uh, all sorts of uses for, for those sorts of things. And by the way, you said you joined Vistage about two years ago in uh, Dale Robinette's group there in San Diego. Absolutely. It's been a fantastic experience with Dale, with everything that Vistage offers, and, and obviously uh, the people that are in my Vistage group. Yeah, so uh, thinking back over those uh, couple of years, what would be an example of something that uh, was really beneficial to you about being in Vistage? We're not here to sell Vistage, but I'm always curious just to hear what uh, what people say they're, they're getting uh, as takeaways. Yeah, you know, there's three things that come to mind. Uh, one is 
I'm very, very lucky that what comes to mind, especially over the last two years, is talent, talent, talent. Um, recruiting, HR issues, compensation issues, employee engagement issues, how to diffuse a, a situation with a top performer uh, who maybe isn't drinking the Kool-Aid. So um, my cohorts are keeping me very busy, so, but I enjoy those conversations. I think second is the value of learning and development, um, even at the executive level. And so I think, again, so much of, uh, of what we do is, is focused on working in the business and on the business. We don't take time to kind of nurture learning and development, which is so critical for us as executives and also our team. And I love having three or four hours every single month from a fantastic resource that comes in. And I take so much of that to the organization. A lot of what I've been focused on, uh, focusing in lately is on business development, um, effective management of a sales team, roles and responsibilities of a sales team, and how to hire, retain, and train the best salespeople. The economy looks to be good um, for the foreseeable future, at least if you listen to some of the, the Vistage economic folks that, that we've heard from. And so I want to capitalize on that and really focus on sales. And uh, uh, Dale, you, you mentioned he's our chair, was the general manager uh, of business development worldwide for Peregrine Semiconductor here in San Diego. So I definitely can learn a thing or two from him. Absolutely. Well, boy, you touched on a bunch of things, but I certainly agree as fast as the world is changing now that one of the real benefits is um, learning from others, including what you referred to as the, uh, the Vistage resources, the expert speakers, the, the more than 1,000 uh, expert speakers on just a, a whole range of topics. Uh, you also touched, you, you mentioned uh, employee engagement, and uh, just earlier today I was uh, 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 looking back at my uh, kids' rankings or strengths on the Strengths Finder uh, tool that mm -hmm. Gallup does, I'm, I'm, I hope they're not listening, but I'm planning to buy them some uh, Christmas <laughs> presents around these strengths that we identified in, in years past. I, I love that uh, uh, that uh, that tool, by the way, that Gallup provides. But thinking about Gallup uh, and employee engagement. Uh, a lot of companies are lucky if they've got one out of three really engaged employees. What are your thoughts on, on that, uh, the relative importance of it, and um, what companies can do to uh, increase employee engagement? Well, uh, one, and in fact, this has been something I've been focused on um, internally for a while. I would say we used to have a distributed HR function where our regional leads were responsible for running their business units, and just this year, uh, we took it and made it centralized by hiring our first dedicated full-time HR director. And employee engagement was something that was passionate to me for a couple of reasons. One, generally speaking, people really like our culture. It's very entrepreneurial, very creative. Um, I would say we focus on business, but it's a family sort of feel. Um, we do love our employees, but they also felt like they weren't sure what their career path was. They weren't sure if they were doing a good job because we didn't have regular performance reviews. And if there was something really sensitive, they weren't sure where to go. So I knew that we had um, a great culture where people loved to come and they love the people they work with. And certainly helping people find jobs is a great way to make a living. But I felt like in order for us to retain and grow people, I needed to focus a little bit more on the HR side of business. And we're actually launching an employee engagement survey um, this December, which is going to kind of launch our 2016 HR priorities to focus on things like hiring, screening, and onboarding. want to make sure we get that right. Again, employee engagement so that they um, want to stay here, um, and we want to retain those folks. And then performance management. 
So while it has to be a great environment for people, I also want them to know what it takes to get an A, uh, and I think that will help us drive performance and congruence with our corporate objectives next year. So th those are some of the things that I'm looking at for 2016. Um, it's really expensive to replace somebody, and I want to retain our top employees. Sounds like you're eating your own dog food, as it were. So, <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. Fabulous. So it's nice to see that you uh, walk the walk. Uh, thinking about uh, having been in business and you started out you know, relatively low level and have worked your way up there, uh, what's the best business advice that, that you've ever received along the way? So, you know, for, for me, uh, I had the pleasure of attending a grad program in San Diego, as you said, beautiful, sunny, warm San Diego, and it was at Rubbing the University it. of San Diego. Yeah, I will. You're from Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> Uh, not that there's anything wrong with Pittsburgh. So it, it's, I, I received a degree in executive leadership, and it was co-taught by the Ken Blanchard companies, one of the top leadership oh, gurus wow. yeah. you know, in the world. And so for me, at, the, at the, the heart of it is be a servant leader. And I was able to drink the Kool-Aid from Ken Blanchard and, and his company and understand their philosophy about um, what it takes not only to run a successful business, but how critical – um, developing people and making sure that they're successful and kind of flip the traditional corporate hierarchy on its head and serve um, the staff, that's probably the best advice that I've been given, and it's, it's really served me well at our company here. Fabulous. And I, I'd actually not really thought of it, but, um, you know, because I've employed firms like yours to uh, find talent, but I've never thought about being in your business before. And it must be, as you've sort of alluded to, very satisfying in that, you know, you're finding people jobs and you're filling gaps at companies. It's a, you know, it's a win on both sides. I agree. Um, for me, being a student of business, um, I love learning what companies do and how they produce a product or deliver a service. And when I can see the tangible impact of, of what our services helps a company do, one huge opportunity is a company that specializes in treating diabetes and uh, to help when they were in phase two um, trials, uh, be there when they received FDA approval to now being one of the leaders in the space. I cannot tell you how good it feels to know that you in some small way participated. And for our um, uh, hundreds of recruiters, I think right now we've got 150 recruiters at our company, um, for them to get a handwritten note or even a gift or to track somebody's career when they might have placed them even in a close to minimum wage job or, or even we'll call it CIO to see the relationships that they have with their candidates and, and how we've been able to provide opportunity and enrichment. Again, Dave, it, it's a pretty good way to make a living. I should say. So uh, you have progressed there from uh, entry-level uh, sales position all the way up to president of your division. What surprised you about being in charge? Maybe, maybe that wasn't your plan in the beginning or maybe not with one organization. It certainly was not my plan. In fact, I, I took this job to maybe escape my previous job where I loved the job but not the culture. And so um, I knew some people at Eastridge, which is obviously how the majority of people find a job today. Um, and, you know, back then I was able to celebrate my personal successes because I started in sales. And so for, for me today is um, – what it takes to rally a group of people towards a common a goal, purpose, vision, and mission, and how challenging it is because of so many intricate details that it takes 
to drive a company towards one kind of singular objective and being able to celebrate the group successes while not being an individual contributor um, is very, very rewarding and yet extremely challenging at the same time. Interesting. Uh, I had another uh, fleeting thought. I just wanted to, we started with Glassdoor. I want to go back on LinkedIn again, just since we're talking uh, recruiting and uh, jobs and so on. What are your thoughts on um, LinkedIn and its relative um, importance in this uh, day and age? It's a critical resource for all companies to be managing their company's LinkedIn profile and making sure that the people uh, on your staff are connected. What a great way to leverage employee referrals. We have a very robust internal re uh, referral program because I still think it's the best way to get employees. So, I mean, I think companies should be active on LinkedIn. Uh, at the same time, for recruiters like us, um, it becomes even more challenging, right? Because everybody wants and I, I forget where I read this. I wish I can give justice to the quote. But everybody is looking for a needle in the haystack. And today, with all the technology and all the resources and all the sites, there's so much more hay to sift through. And so LinkedIn is just another one of those um, spots to go where you've got to look for a needle in the haystack. And it takes discipline and work and a lot of activity to find that right employee. Again, it's critical, um, but it also creates a lot more uh, people to sift through today. Okay. So back to your uh, progression from entry-level sales associate to president, what's been the hardest thing that you found about being a leader? How complex it is. You know, going back to um, that executive leadership program, they call it a master of science in leadership because I, I do think it is a science. And um, when you think about all the components that I try to think about and that I learned through that program, you have to have a structure to be high-performing, roles, norms, decision-making, communication. You have to have a vision that I think resonates with everybody and make sure that if what teams are working on today, if it's not in alignment with that vision, you have to have the discipline to say no, values, and making sure that you hire the right people that act the way that you want them to act. Um, situational leadership. You know, leadership is, is, it has to be customized towards the person, towards the team, towards the task to ensure that they're delivering their best. We mentioned before performance management. And I think for me every day, I've got to be a role model and, and lead by example, um, which takes a lot of discipline. So it's easy to say, yeah, you know, we're opening up and creating systems for, for people to be successful. But I think it's just a lot more complex today as I think about all the components of um, executive leadership today. Wow, you touched on so many, uh, but um, <laughs> one that definitely resonated with me is the discipline to say no, uh, what not to do, what to stop doing. You know, it's so easy yep. just to continue with the patterns of yesterday. So, um, well, and, you know, I, I you so I grew up as a salesperson in this business. So, as a salesperson previously, to say no today to additional revenue or to work with a client that has a fantastic name. Um, can be a real challenge. And again, it takes discipline to say, hey, that's not what we're focused on right now. Or um, at the end of the day, you can't necessarily take revenue to the bank. And so there's been plenty of revenue opportunities that turn out to be risky from collection standpoint. In, in, in our world, we're responsible for safety and workers' compensation. So it could be safety and workers' compensation. Whatever the issue may be, it takes, again, a ton of discipline um, and again, I'm a former salesperson, so it, it's probably harder on me than most. 
Yeah, uh, definitely. Not not every um, you know customer has <laughs> your interests at at heart. Have their own interests at heart, but uh, it is hard as a salesperson not to chase you know sort of every every possible lead. By the way, I must say you had some very impressive clients. You served quite a chunk of the Fortune 500, and I noticed some great names like Zappos. A uh, huge fan mm. of Zappos. Oh, uh, thank you. So was um. Yeah, when, when my wife found out that we were working with Zappos, she felt like, uh, hey, I'm yeah. going to help you out by buying lots of shoes and lots right. of purses. So. Yeah, it makes you way more popular. Did you have exactly. a good mentor a mentor along the way or an advisor that, that helped you uh, you know, move from entry level up the uh, executive chain? I would say that there's actually three of them, and, and, and I think that um, I go to each of them for something different. So one was a former employee here. Um, who ended up becoming um, uh, an executive at a, at a high-tech company, and uh, he tells me like it is. He's extremely direct, very candid, takes a lot of risk, and pushes me out of my comfort zone. Um, as I mentioned, I, I don't want to, to tout here that Ken Blanchard is my mentor. I was fortunate enough to have him for uh, two or three classes through that program, and whether it be him or his books or the training programs, I look to that, uh, obviously, um, when I need clarity and when I need direction, and quite frankly, the owner of our and founder of our company, Robert Svet, um, has been um, a mentor, a boss, um, a friend, a colleague, and I could not have been more fortunate to to have crossed paths with him. He's a great man, and quite frankly, a fantastic mentor. Fabulous. Well, let's close on this one last question. Uh, do you have a particular mantra? If I worked for you, what would uh, be constantly uh, uh, rolling around in my head? So I, um, I think it would be it's never too late to do the right thing. And I think at the speed of business today, you're sending emails, you know, God forbid you have the all caps and uh, someone <laughs> perceived your message as the worst. Uh, <laughs> inflammatory. Yeah. Um, you might never not stop send to an recognize. email when it's a highly emotional situation. Go exactly. visit somebody or talk on the phone, man. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, and God, if you hit the wrong emoji, forget it. You're done today. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but the truth of the matter is, there's plenty of opportunities not to do the right thing, and and time passes, or you hear through the grapevine that somebody's upset, or. Maybe you didn't handle a client situation the right way, and I have always found that it's okay to, to stop and pause and say, I thought about that. Um, here's what I should have done, or to apologize, or you know, sometimes when a, comp- when a person leaves a company, it might not be under the best circumstances, but I just think it's always appropriate to leave as friends, and so there's always a right time to go back and, and, and fix um, you know, something that perhaps you'd like to do differently. So in short, it's never too late to do the right thing. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And is there anything uh, that uh, we didn't talk about today? I said this would be the last question, but this really is the last question. Anything that we didn't sure. talk about today that uh, that you really want to uh, to highlight? Well, again, um, we talked a little bit about the state of talent acquisition in companies today, um, people, process, and technology. And I have just found that the more senior executives are involved um, – the bigger skin in the game that they have, the better results that they're going to obtain. And so often I think they delegate what I think is the most critical asset a company can possibly have, and that is its human capital, its people. 
And so, again, my recommendation is to pay a lot of attention to what's going on in recruitment because if you've got the right people on the bus, uh, man, it, it feels so good to come to work and to celebrate the successes with those people. So I think that's probably the last thing I, I didn't invite people to think about in a different way today. Okay, well, fabulous. That's a, that's a great wrap. Thanks so much for joining us for this, uh, this podcast today, Seth. Uh, it's been a blast. Thanks so much, Dave. All right. Well, folks, if you're interested in learning more about Vistage, please check out Vistage.com. That's V-I-S-T-A-G-E.com. It's a great way to take your business to the next level. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Vistage podcast series. We hope it helps you accelerate your business. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.